Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Football Social Daily Premier League Updates. Hello and welcome to Football Social Daily, the only Premier League podcast that has all the news, opinions and gossip from football's most exciting league every single day. Make sure you've hit subscribe wherever it is you listen to podcasts so you never miss a show. Today, doing their lunges and preparing to cross the line into the field of battle, we've got Joe McGrath. Hello. Marley Anderson. Hello. And our fantasy football expert, Kieran Howley as well. Hello. We're going to be doing a deep dive into fantasy football in a bit, getting some tips ahead of the deadline for transfers this weekend. We're also going to be looking at last night's EFL Cup draw and Premier League involvement in that, discussing Burnley's early exit from the competition and looking ahead to tonight's Champions League group stages draw. Who do Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool and Spurs need to avoid and who indeed do they fancy in that particular cup competition but first let's start with the Carabao Cup a few surprises and a few predictable results Premier League wise Burnley were shocked by Sunderland 3-1 Lincoln City had their hearts broken by Everton 4-2 and it did look like there could be a shock on the cards Newcastle were knocked out on penalties by Leicester City and Bournemouth survived a potential giant killing after going through on penalties against Forest Green it's too early to get excited about this competition, boys. I mean, teams don't really take this seriously to the quarterfinals. Is it right that maybe... I mean, you're a Newcastle fan, Marley, and you yep. went out on penalties last night. Is there any sense of disappointment there, or is it the old cliche, we can concentrate on the league? Oof. It's just a, it's another successful cup avoidment for us, isn't it? So <laughs> we, do, we do our best to get out as, as quickly as possible every year. Um, but last night, last night was different, to be fair. Um, Leicester played a full-strength team. Newcastle played a full strength team to what we could. Uh, we got we had I think four or five injuries from the weekend. We didn't we didn't have uh, Dubravka in goal. We didn't have Lascelles. We didn't have Joel Inter. I was going to say because I looked didn't at the Newcastle Almiron. lineup and I thought Leicester City, as you say, they had all their key players featuring. Yeah. From a Newcastle point of view, I wasn't sure whether it was rotation or whether no, it, it was, was it was injuries. We picked enforced. up a few at the weekend. Everyone ran the bollocks off against Spurs, so no, <laughs> no one had anything left. So we had to make some changes. Um, to be fair, we we played quite well, but. 
Uh, we got you know a one-one draw with Leicester in the grand scheme of things isn't isn't a bad result at all. Mm. Um, deflected free kick that they scored. Um, we scored a, a pretty decent goal um, to equalise, but it was just as soon as it went down to penalties, I just didn't fancy us, and it was that thing of if you go out on penalties, you you can't be really that that you know you can't say oh we should have won the penalty mm. shootout because we don't have a good record in penalty shootouts, and the last one we had was God knows how many years ago, so you can't really be too mad at it. Um, it's if we'd been sort of rolled over and done three, you know, three one four four nil something like that, then I would have been annoyed and it would have been the same old thing. But we were just looking at the performance Newcastle um, from the fans because Leicester, as everyone knows, is a very good side. So it's kind of like a doing a really free well hit. in the Premier League. I looked at the table the other day; they've snuck up to fourth. Yeah, exactly. So you know, one one draw in that. If you look at it like that way, it's not that bad. So from a Newcastle point of view, I guess the positive is that you've had these four or five new players coming into the team that maybe wouldn't have featured that could now be on Steve Bruce's radar for the remainder of the Premier League campaign or certainly the game against Watford at the weekend. Yeah, um, we had a, we had a lad making his debut, uh, Sean Longstaff's brother, a nineteen-year-old Matty Longstaff, who's oh, really? like a, a, a shorter ginger version of <laughs> of Sean, which is uh, it's good. He he held his own. He played all right. He, uh, he got absolutely smashed twenty minutes into the game by uh, that Soyuncu, the big centre back from Leicester. It was, that was a, a welcome to the big time kind of thing. But um, yeah, there, there's positives to take. I mean, Jetro Williams made his his debut at left back. A full he played a full game and he provided the cross for Muto's uh, Muto's equaliser. So there are positives to take, and there's there's something that Steve Bruce can come away from the game with, thinking right if if these guys are injured, there are guys that can come in and and still do a job. And I guess from the view of the competition as a whole, if it's a competition you're not going to win, and I think most football fans, we talked about this yesterday, if you're kind of in that 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th position in the league and that's what you're gunning for every season, you might as well go out. If you're not going to win it, if you're not going to go to the semis, you might as well go out at this stage and do without the extra fixtures. Yeah, it depends on your priorities as a club, but... You know, it's uh, it's an early chance. If you fancy winning it, it's uh, it's something that it's over by February. I think the finals in February, mm. so it's not like you're gonna be juggling towards the very end of the season. For example, like Man City won it the last two years in a row, and they've had it, they've had a trophy in the bag by February. So it's not like they're getting to April and trying to balance the league, mm. the Champions League, and the and the FA Cup as well as that. It's like they can get that out of the way. So, but yeah, if, I mean, if you are you're off to a bad start in the in the prem. You're thinking, right? Don't really need this right now. So those kinds of teams, it's, it, I think you're right. Yeah, it's better to go out early if you if yeah. you don't have a serious chance of winning it. So speaking of lessons learnt, though, Everton learnt a lesson. Marco Silva learnt a lesson last night, and that's that they should try and play League One opposition every single week because they finally managed to get over their inability to score goals. Put four past Lincoln City. Looked like it might be an upset at first. Lincoln City took an early lead, and it took two late goals from Everton to secure that tie. But it looked like they were taking that one seriously, Joe. When you look at the lineup, Awobi, Sigerson, Richarlison all getting in amongst the goals, and it could be Everton's chance of silverware this season. Yeah, maybe that's what they had on their mind. The fact that they could go forward into this competition and give their fans a bit of, you know, what they want, and that is a good cup run. Maybe it's a Wembley trip. You know, there's lots of benefits to this cup. It's not exactly like the FA Cup, where if you even get to semi-finals, you get a nice little Wembley trip. But it's that idea of Everton progression in 
all sorts of competitions. So it's the Premier League. Let's hopefully they do better this year. It's the FA Cup. Let's get further. It's even this cup, the, the Carabao Cup. Let's see how far we can take this team. You spent money on it. Why can't they get a bit of money back by doing a, a big cup run and giving their fans something uh, that they want to, you know, as a fan, that's what you want to see. A return on the investment. A return on the investment, a nice cup run and a good day out as well. Because the fans, you look back and you see on the memories of when you were, when you are a fan, you look back 10 years and you'll remember the Carabao Cup. Or you remember going to the final. You remember maybe, maybe even winning it you won't remember the fact that we ditched it uh, to try and get fourth do you know what I mean like and if, if that old crumbles around him I think he is sort of back with me in the corner there and go why didn't we really focus on that so I think he's doing the right thing Jim in making sure that his Everton team are strong enough and they'll go on each round each round they'll face difficult challenges but if they progress the fans will be happy and they have struggled for goals this season Everton and maybe it's the kind of thing you need as a striker to lift your confidence as a team to prove they can score goals is to get four past an EFL Cup team, even if it is Lincoln City in the <laughs> Division 1. Yeah, well, as soon as you get the ball in the back of net, there's a happy feeling, there's that belief, there's a the confidence again. And a lot of people said that about young players. So when you give youngsters a chance for United, yeah. Sir Alex Ferguson used to do it, he used to put quite young players on in this sort of cup competition because if they could score against the League One side, who cares if it's the League One side? Go on and try and do it in, in the big games. And, and that sort of worked for Sir Alex Ferguson, as well as a striker coming back from injury. Often he'd put them on the pitch for, for these kind of mm. matches where the emphasis wasn't necessarily on them, if, but if they scored, then he knew that the confidence would be carried to the bigger games. So hopefully now the Everton strikers will see that they can put the ball in the back of the net uh, and sort of bring them goals into the Premier League. A very quick word on the upset last night, and I say upset cautiously because I'm not sure it really was, that Sunderland beat Burnley and it was a reappearance in a Burnley team for Joe Hart. I think it's his first game since Boxing Day. <laughs> Faced four shots, conceded three goals. The one save he did make, he managed to palm straight into the path of Tom Flanagan, who then went on to score. Is that it from Joe Hart? Is, is that the end of him as a forced to be reckoned with between the sticks because he's had a torrid time ever since he left Manchester City. No move has gone particularly well from him. He's often lost his number one jersey and become the backup keeper. And where do you go from Burnley? You've got Burnley fans saying that Joe Hart's not good enough to play in goal for them. Where do you go from there? I don't know. If you look at, similar to Jack Butland, remember Jack Butland was a a top keeper and now he's he's really struggling at Stoke as well. But Mm. Joe Hart hasn't had, as you say, hasn't had a good a good spell at a club for three or four years. He went on loan all the way to uh, Torino a few years ago. Which started off all right and Start- then that went a bit sour. Yeah. And then- went to West Ham where he was absolutely terrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? He's He looks a spent force now, which is a shame to say because I, I really like Joe Hart. As a, I love listening to his interviews. He's very honest yeah. and, and I like listening to him, but... If he was a, if he was my goalkeeper, I'd be like, oh no. Well, we talk we about go. confidence a lot with goalkeepers, and it seemed that Pep Guardiola just getting him out of the City squad, just axing him, was it for his confidence, and he now struggles. Yeah, he's never he's never got it back from then, really, has he? That's that's mm. kind of the point. And he he didn't he wasn't a bad goalkeeper when when Pep came in because everyone sort of questioned Pep at first when he was like, hang on, Joe Hart's been really good for the last you know five six seven years or whatever it was, and then. He just came in, he was like, I don't want him. He can't play, he can't play with his feet. It? I want Bravo, brought Bravo in. He turned out to be rubbish. Mm. And everyone was like, well, everyone's thinking, oh, well, why do we get rid of Joe Hart? And then a few years down the line, I don't think anyone particularly would want Joe Hart back at Man City or anything like that. So I think maybe if you look at the growing trend of English goalkeepers padding out 
um, top six sides as the third choice goalie to get the homegrown rota. Uh, That's Rater the future. Up. Yeah, if you look at he's the if next Scott Rob Carson Green. can get a, a loan move to Man City, then why can't Joe Hart go back and fill up the English quota? Right, we're going to look at the Champions League and fancy football in a little bit. Before we move on from the EFL, the Caribou Cup, let's look at some of the draws for the next round. I want you to take a look at these games that are featuring Premier League teams. Each of you can pick a potential upset for here. You've got Watford versus Swansea. You've got Preston hosting Manchester City. You've got Pompey playing Southampton, the South Coast Derby there. You've got United versus Rochdale. They're my picks of the of the next round. There's a few others in there as well. What game do you think there could be a potential upset in? You can start here, Joe. I just wanted to say a little thing about the fact that there's a lot of games quite close-knit together here with Rochdale and uh, obviously United and City going to Preston. We've not played Rochdale in forever. I think this is our second meeting and that idea that we pl- the clubs who are so close together can create that relationship in these com- competitions, the fans are buzzing about it. I've seen City fans over the moon with the fact that they can get an away trip to Preston. Yeah. Now, if they, if if it was a Premier League game, obviously that'd be mint. But Preston aren't going to be able to do that for a while. Uh, for me, Rochdale, yeah, go on. That's probably going to be the upset. Rochdale will come uh, to United and beat us. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Not beat us in forever and uh, somehow turn us over. Go on, Marley. What are you picking for this one? Uh, I'd probably go for Swansea at Watford. That's my pick. Actually. The way the way everything's going so far, Swansea Swansea are all right. Watford are hopeless so far. They've got a huge game at the weekend against Newcastle. Um, yeah, that looks a, that looks like a banana skin waiting to happen. Early the days things are going. Swansea look like they're going to come straight back up into the Premier League. Scored five goals in eleven games or something mm. like that. I think there's a potential upset on the cards there. Kieran, what are you picking out of that? EFL selection. Well, clearly I would love a Rochdale turnover over United. <laughs> um, and they do have a bit of history of going out inexplicably, even on bad runs against particularly weak teams. It was Lampard's derby last year. Mm. In the fourth round, United got knocked down yeah. penalties. Yeah, the derby, you know, very strong squad. Um, I would put it on... I, th- I can see Sunderland turning over Sheffield quite easily. Yeah, I'd probably... I think that's the most likely. Although I'd love the Rochdale one. I think that on paper That would be the strong. story, wouldn't it? Right, we'll come back very soon on Premier League Daily. We're going to talk Champions League, the draw happening tonight and get your fancy football teams in order. We'll have some tips for the forthcoming fancy football weekend as well. Football Social Daily. Get daily news and updates on your team via your Amazon Alexa. Just ask Alexa. Open Sports Social. Football Social Daily. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. It's the Champions League draw tonight. Obviously, we're Premier League podcast. Every single day of the season, we'll have a new podcast for you. So we're going to look at the Premier League's involvement in the Champions League draw tonight. Liverpool, Chelsea, City, it's all in pot one, apart from Spurs who are in pot two. Now, it's an interesting one. And the Champions League group stages tend to be a little bit of a procession on these stages. It's very rare that the big teams go out at the early stages. But there's some interesting teams in the latter group. So you look at pot two, you've got... Real Madrid and Borussia Dortmund sitting in there. Ajax as well. Pot three, you've got the likes of Bayern Leverkusen and tellingly Inter Milan as well. So (laughs) if you're an English team going into that group, who do you want? Who do you want to avoid? If you look at the sleeping giants, so to speak, in pot three, like you say, you've got Inter, you've got Valencia, you've got Lyon. You know, they're tough teams to... Mm. Considering they're they're sort of going to be the third best team in the league. And I use that in inverted commas very, very much. Like, everyone knew, everyone knows how good Leon were last season. They they beat Man City, I think. Um, Give them two really tough games in the group. Then you've got the likes of 
you know, like, look at pot two, it's absolutely mad. Real Madrid, Atletico, Dortmund, Napoli, Spurs, Ajax. Then you've got Shakhtar and Benfica. I mean, there's going to be, as there is every year, there's going to be one horrific group that which is just going to throw up some amazing uh, looking ties. The group of death. The group yeah, of exactly. death. And also, the one I always like is the shite group that no one ever remembers. So whoever Zenit get, Zenit is somehow in pot one. I do not know how Zenit are in pot one. But Zenit have got, um, potentially get like Zenit, Benfica, Dynamo Zagreb and Red Star Belgrade. I mean, imagine that. If that came out as a group, mm. you'd be like, Jesus Christ, what is the point? <laughs> as a United fan, Joe, I mean, you must have yeah. hazy memories of Champions League draws in the past. Yeah, it's been were. a while, but... Were you, were you born when Man United were last not forget that we knocked uh, little old Pot 2's Paris Saint-Germain out in uh, wonderful <laughs> style last season. Or Pot 1, even. Uh, yeah, look at it. The, I will miss being in, in that pot, but we have to... Look at where we are, and that is uh, Europa, which is a shame. But the Champions League football and Champions League draw was always such big memories and fun memories to to see who you'll get the different uh, occasions, the different Champions League games at home as well, which is always so special. And that lovely little routine where you play uh, one, two, three, and then you go backwards again, three, two, one. Yeah. I always love that. You see the team in the, mid- in the middle who you'll face one week, and then you'll face again straight away after. So there's that rebound effect if you did well or if you uh, if you lost. So I'm excited to see um, a lot of teams have strengthened uh, better than I think that the English teams have this year in terms of Barcelona and Juventus. I think they've really put a lot of foul power behind their squad. So I'm excited to see who will be in their sort of teams. But it, seeing the English clubs all in pot one, it's really going to be when... Apart from Spurs. Apart from Spurs. <laughs> sorry, Spurs. English teams in pot one, it will really be the knockout stages will become good for well, for me as a neutral for the uh, for the English side of the things. I think it's insanity that someone could turn up with Real Madrid, Inter Milan and RB Leipzig in their Madrid. group. That would be yeah. an insane group in the Champions League. How important is it? that Pep Guardiola wins the Champions League this season. He's not going to win the Champions League this Best season. manager in the world, supposedly. Hasn't won it since 2011. Surely he needs to win it, doesn't he? It's it's important for the media narrative, oh. I think. Oh, media <laughs> but, narrative. And, and, and I, think it, I do think it's personally very important to him. But in the great grand scheme of things, you know, there's a longer shelf life for this, for this City team here. And they're going to have more opportunities even beyond Pep. Um, it's obviously meaning a lot for him, uh, as much as he says it otherwise mm. isn't. I think that he's st- like you read in his body language and the way he answers journalist questions when he's constantly probing this. Something's changing within him. I think I think he feels the need to prove himself on the international stage. Um, There's a pressure I- from the club owners as well, though, isn't there? That they've put this investment into the club, and I know the fans have this awkward relationship with the Champions League, and we get the booing of the anthem. And you ask mm. any of them whether they want to win, and they're kind of like, "No, we want the Premier League." But at the same time, this pressure comes from the owners that they want to see a return on their investment. They want to be classed as the greatest team in Europe, and you can't be classed as the greatest team in Europe unless you win the Champions League. Yeah, it, it, it's the ultimate romantic kind of end game in any of this stuff. Uh, I I always go on. You should win the league and use that to build on and then launch for a Champions League push because mm. the the league is a greater sign of quality. Um, and anything can happen on any match day. Like you, we replay those two Spurs games, win them like nineteen times out of twenty. Mm. Uh, so just a little bit of luck can throw you out, and you can't entirely control that. But obviously, we all dream of doing it. We've never done it before as City, mm. so it's the first time. 
Um, if you asked us going into this season, last season, people asked me what I'd rather have the Champions League and League. I said I'd rather reclaim the league because we hadn't done it before. So what about now? Now, yeah, we want the Champions League. Unless we got knocked out of it and then we'll all change our minds, obviously. <laughs> but uh, I think going in, it, it's, it's the thing we haven't achieved yet. It's the space in the trophy cabinet and it's the one we want to fill. We'll be finding out who gets who. 7pm tonight, that's Thursday night, the draw is going to happen. If I was in it, if my team were there, I'd just be looking at where I fancied a little European mini break. Mm -hmm. Barcelona, get in. We'll go there for a fortnight. (laughs) Uh, Right, let's wrap up with a bit of fantasy football advice. Are we on Games Week 3 now or is it Games Week 4? I've lost count. Game Week 4 going into. Games Week 4. You've had some great picks so far in this, Kieran. You picked Mason Mount last week who got on the score sheet for Chelsea. You got Pookie the week before, suggested the captain, and he scored a hat-trick. So where's your advice going to fall this week as our fantasy football expert? Uh, you're, you, well, you personally are going to love this one because I've gone for a West Ham player. Excellent. Foolish. But <laughs> excellent. <laughs> and I've gone for um, someone who is showing up as the fourth highest expected goal involvement for a striker. This is someone who didn't play game week two and played Manchester City in the first game week. And I've gone for Haller in, um, in attack. Because uh, his underlyings, and what I normally go by is I, I stress that people shouldn't chase points. Right. So you shouldn't get in the guy who just got loads of points last week. Uh, don't bring in the defender who scored two goals if those his first two penalty touches uh, in the entire the entire season so far. But all of Haller's underlyings are looking really strong at the moment. And there's what, a bit of a what do you mean story. by underlying? So underlying, you you don't look at how many goals they've got. You look at how many touches they've had in the penalty area, the strength of their chances. So okay. when they've had opportunities and shots in the box, are they counted as clear cut chances? Or are they counted as high chances? And Hall Hall is showing as the fourth highest um, across expected goals. And this is a guy who has played 90 minutes less than most of the other mm. people in the pot. Uh, so, and it, it's a tough one because in the first first week, he obviously played City, which you'd assume is going to curb anyone's expected goal, goal involvement. But third week, he played an absolutely woeful defence in Watford yeah. where he was gifted chance after chance. But I think for someone who has only played two thirds, to have that kind of expectation and those kind of underlying stats going in, uh, I think he's looking a really strong option. And they've got a decent run coming up. And it looks like Pellegrini's um, going to change almost every single person beyond Haller. So I think they're going to have a, a new lineup in midfield for people every single game week. I have to say he's looking incredibly adaptable already in the Premier League. Mm. He's beginning to look at home. He looks really athletic. And I think he had two attempts at overhead kicks at the <laughs> weekend. Scored, scored, one, scored of one of them. Yeah, yeah the, the second other... one, that sort of like scorpion weird yeah. kick he did. I was like, yeah. how big is this guy? He's like six <laughs> foot four and he's like folded up like a little contortionist I don't think that's a bad shout at all they're playing Norwich of course where the other big question is Pookie who I'm refusing to put into my fantasy football team or captain or anything like that because I'm convinced he's the next like pointer check where he's going to just dip off the radar after a couple of weeks can you see that happening no, would you would you transfer Pookie in now, even though his price has risen? Yeah, he's gone up um, half a million already. So he's gone up from six point five to seven. I he's seven I, already. Yeah. So Jesus. previous seasons, wow. when someone's done this, I've refused to get them in on principle because yeah. I feel like I'm not getting the value that everyone else has had. Um, but then they go up another half a million, and then I end up getting them at the end of the season. Exactly the same thing happened with uh, Jimenez last season. So you're sticking or twisting now. Oh, well, if you have him, 100% keep him. If you haven't, I would look... He's way stronger than everyone else's price bracket. Um, He's top for shots in the box. 
He's better than Kane, better than Aguero, better than Aubameyang. It's a side that likes to attack regardless of whether they're going to actually win the game or not. Mm. And uh, with uh, Cantwell as well performing beside him, Cantwell in at 4.7. He's one of the cheapest midfielders in the game. Uh, he tops for chances created across two games weeks. Uh, they're, just, they're looking like a side that uh, they're not going to suddenly pull back and try and claim a draw. Mm. And you're going to have a look at someone who doesn't get the opportunities. So even at seven, I think you have to get him in your team. Kieran, cheers for the advice. There we go. If you want to win your fantasy football league, listen to Kieran's advice. He's been spot on so far, which means today is the day it's all going to fall down around his ears. Uh, (laughs) Cheers, Kieran. Cheers, Joe. Marley, thank you very much. That's it from Football Social Daily. We'll be back tomorrow with another podcast ahead of the weekend. We'll, of course, have the weekend review available first thing Saturday morning as well. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode, and we'll see you next time. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.